Getting paid, getting paid. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you should have had that. Listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Hello and welcome to the 20th 2-0. We made it into the 20s, Dane. Episode Man. 20 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps. My brother Dane Beasley is my co-host, my best friend, my what brother up? always. How are you doing today, my guy? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty well. We're doing pretty good. Uh, we'll be much better once my calamari gets here. So, you know, it's good. Yeah. How about yourself, man? I'm I'm good, man. Just, you know, in my zone and, you know, trying to weather everything going on with COVID and stuff like that. Got meetings coming up about what they're going to do with the school district and stuff like that. We talked about it, but um, hoping that the people in charge make make, the right decision, right? Make the right decisions. That's, I mean, we, we had the opportunity, uh, the teachers in my area had the opportunity to give their input. So I felt like that was, you know, an important thing to do. So Mm -hmm. transparency and exactly gives them a week to kind of go through everything and hopefully they decide, you know, what the best move is. So hopefully that is something that will happen. But in sports news, the Big Ten and also the Pac-12 both announced that, hey, we ain't going nowhere. We're not playing any conference games in the fall as far as our sports are concerned. They announced that they're going to conference only schedule for wow. this upcoming season, man. So a lot of big games that were on tap in both conferences. And also they're saying that, you know, rumors that other conferences will follow, um, but they haven't made any announcement yet. But that's yeah, a big yeah. step. That's a big announcement. They're trying to get ahead of everything COVID related and try to salvage um what's left or what's going to be left of a season if we have one so what 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 was the first thing that came to your mind when you saw that these announcements were made by both conferences the very first thing is very selfish and it's out of way out of left field i was like dang i ain't gonna be able to watch trey lance on september the 5th versus oregon uh People get real familiar with that name trey lance he's basically second coming of uh, much taller Russell Wilson. Uh, you don't know his name because he's an FCS level quarterback from North Dakota State, but he's uh, pretty good. And he had, or North Dakota State had Oregon as their first game of the season. So I was looking forward to that game just to see how he matched up versus and our five opponents. I did opponents. see that one highlight from the end of the year from him. Like, I think Sports Center just tweeted a quick highlight from him, but 
what's up with North Dakota State getting these guys, man? Carson Wentz, uh, there was another fellow, but this Trey Lance guy might be better than Carson Wentz because yeah. he moves, yeah, he's, he can and throw. He's, I mean, not that Carson not can't. Not prone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a shout out to Eagles fans. <laughs> but, um, Play styles are very similar. Play styles yeah, are very similar. Sophomore, or he'll be a junior this year, correct? Yeah. Or am I oh, saying yeah. that wrong? <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that matters is he will be draft eligible, my friend. But you got it, nail on the head. That, that, those are my first thoughts. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not gonna be able to see Trey. You know, my dog Trey, you know, potential uh, Dallas Cowboy. I'm not gonna be able to see him on on the big screen. So I wouldn't really too concerned about anything else if it's if they're only going to limit it to just conference play they will still be able to see some of the the top guys in both conferences but um big 10 gonna miss out on seeing some of these wide receivers beat up on some of these you know non-conference opponents which kind of look forward to but we'll see some more competitive matches but that also means that each of those games is going to mean that much more um, for both of the conferences, but be on the lookout um, for if you're a Pac-10 or Oregon Homer, um, Panay Sewell. Right, what did I say? Pac-10. <laughs> I'm tripping. Nah, you good? <clears throat> Correction. <laughs> it's a Pac-12. <laughs> I even got the the sad thing is I even have Pac-12 here in my notes, but yeah. yeah. Bad habit. Um, I don't think it's gonna. I mean, obviously, you you'd like to see some of those smaller schools get some more some more TV time and as well as exposure, um, and just provided the opportunity to be as competitive as possible. But you got to make do with what you can, and the best thing they can do is to ensure that the safety of all the players is maybe limiting play and not less important games, but games that have less of a stake in the the ultimate goal for the teams, which is to make the playoffs. So, Right. Another good point, you kind of touched on it a bit that I didn't think about until recently is, you know, the Big Ten already made their decision. The Pac-12 made their decision. So you have the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 left as far as the Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. And there's already, or there has been in previous seasons as far as, the playoff committee and how they decide which top teams are in the playoff. Okay. Now they use like um, the big games as data points mm-hmm. to see better how they rank each team. And now with these non-conference games potentially gone and personally, in my opinion, I think it's a matter of time before the other three power five conferences follow the same route. Yeah. How do you decide with five power five conference teams and only four spots in the, you know, the playoff? How do you decide who is going to fit in those four spots out of the five? So there's already that data point where we don't have the top non-conference games now. It's going to be strictly based off of conference games. Somebody's going to get left out, like always, but it's going to be more important now. It comes down. It, what it will come down to is we've, as professional sports as we know it, right now in the midst of uh, COVID nineteen, is the postseason, if there is one, is altered. It's not the same as you know a normal postseason um, when when there isn't a global pandemic. 
outside. Well, can't say global pandemic outside. Well, when, when there is a global pandemic, so I think it's too. It'd be too much to ask for them to increase the amount of slots for playoff teams. But what they could do, the first thing they first thing they have to do is be very transparent about their selection process. Something they haven't been, um, what they haven't been too open about that in the past on how they get to these rankings. Um, whether it's you know the strength of schedule or either you know, that or it changes from week to week. Yeah, exactly. That you'll have teams get jumped like you'll have teams that completely undefeated and get jumped by a team that has that's a one loss team. So that's. We'll have less of that, but at the same time, what happens if we get to the end of the season and we have six undefeated? Well, no, that's not possible. Five undefeated teams, and you know, like you said, four slots. Who's the odd man out? You know, so I don't know. They have a tough job to do, but uh, they need to do it with full transparency, in my opinion. That's the only way that the public will buy into it, and the fans will buy into it, and it won't end up the season won't end up with an asterisk. Yeah. Do you personally, do you think they would decide like, Hey, this is a weird season. Do you think they'll have a meeting and say, Hey, let's change. Increase. <laughs> let's yeah, let's add it. four more teams to this thing. <laughs> make it, crazy. it would be amazing. And the day that it happens, I definitely would go play the lotto. Um, I doubt it happens, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to close the door on it. I'm sure that that's, if they're going to go ahead and have sports, the best thing you could do is increase the opportunities for teams to get in. If you're only limiting the success or not success, if you're only limiting playoff spots to the power five teams, because I'm assuming that's exactly what's going to happen there. Yeah. I mean, they still, a lot of <laughs> what people is Notre fall of all of this. <laughs> well, <know>. yeah. I, <laughs> that, I thought jokes, people making fun of Notre Dame and it was the uh, Will Smith, a clip from when he's oh, the last man. day to Fresh Prince <laughs> said Notre oh, Dame when everybody all the conf- all the Power Five conferences say they're going conference only is just showing them staring around. But, I thought you were um, going to go with uh, why no, why they don't want me, man. <laughs> that, that is that. A lot of people were arguing like why are they ma- making the decision so early? I'm like it's not early. It's, it's not. we're in July now. The season starts technically next month at the end of August, so... Athletes have already started reporting to their dorms. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, Smith shipped off his son to Stanford a few days ago, so this is the perfect time to talk about that. Yeah, and especially with numbers continuing to skyrocket, um, you have to make decisions, big decisions, and not everybody is going to agree with them, but leaders, you know, people who are in charge of things like this make have tough to decisions. make decisions like that, so... Something to keep an eye on in the future. I'm probably our next episode. There'll probably be more power conferences that will also follow suit. They had, I mean, even the Ivy League, and I forgot to mention this. The Ivy League decided, hey, we're they not going to have right? sports at all. Yeah, they they said fall sports is a no go, and we'll reevaluate in January of 2021. So what? The Ivy League decides doesn't necessarily represent the Power Five conferences, obviously, because the Power it's Five very ominous. The money. It's very yeah. ominous, though. Um, but for the Ivy League to go out and say, "Yeah, that this is what we're going to do," is you know them deciding based on their schools, which makes sense. And another right. another point that I had heard is, you know, maybe that should be a permanent thing where Ivy League football is, you know, played in 
the spring? Would you give them more airtime, more exposure? Which would be, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea, but I just think like with other sports like basketball, how would that work? Uh, I, I, I think they should, they should stick to where they're at. Cause that's kind of that ain't cool. Like you, you kind of you kind of saying, put it this way: the non NFL leagues played in the springtime, and we already know how that was as far as getting players into that league. Like, oh no, I'm too good to play in that league, even though I'm with a team. Like, in essence, you're saying this, not saying you, but in essence, you're telling any of these Ivy leagues, hey, you guys can go over there and play in the sand while we have an actual football season, and in the spring we'll see what we can do. Get you fit, fit you in the schedule, get you <laughs> into some uh, prime time slots. What do you say? Like that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from that. Not to say that they, I mean, <laughs> there are good quality players that come from Ivy League campus or Ivy League schools, but at the same time, I think they deserve the same feel as you know other Power Five schools and even lower uh, lower level um, conferences get the same luxury. So, yeah, I don't know. I you know I just was the one thing about this entire thing was if this does come down to a power five, if this does come down to just like a power five only playoff, like what does that say to all of the other conferences? I mean, I know there's, we haven't had a, a team from many of the other conferences blow anybody off the map, you know, in a long time. I'm trying to think of anybody. I mean, outside of uh, Appalachian state, but Right, and then you had like the Boise State upset of Oklahoma and West. Boise. That's right. BCS, with the yeah. Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, for Is that sure. The Statue with of Liberty this, game. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. With the, I forgot his name, but he proposed to his girlfriend cheerleader. Uh, is it Ian Johnson? Not Ian Johnston. Oh uh, no, I, I think that is his name. Okay. I just remember he had like a, a 41. His number was like 41 or something like that. Yeah, so and he went weird. on to play for the Vikings for a little bit. With the conference only system, or if all the Power Five conferences go conference only, there's no way that a, a group of five conference team is getting into the playoff, man. And then we're back at the drawing board again, like trying to figure right. out what's the right number of, of playoff spots. And it's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. Right. And this, I mean, there's still time before, I don't think they're going to make any decisions about the playoff. I think actually the, uh, playoff committee came out and said they weren't I mean they're going to use the same data points which we could take that with a grain <laughs> yeah, of salt right. because yeah, of what right. we discussed earlier but um, yeah we'll see man I know for sure the big thing is those um, big time conference games that will probably get canceled or non-conference games I know Baylor had a game scheduled for Ole Miss to start the year which oh, you know it's not officially canceled, but you know, with the way the thing's looking, it could end up going that way. And that's just think about all the money lost, like all that stuff. And I know that's why they're trying to not cancel stuff yet, but I mean, it's only a matter of time. I wanted to see uh, uh, Plumley run all over y'all. That's what I wanted to see. Nah, nah, bro. <laughs> I mean, he that did it to in, uh, in um, Houston. At Reliant Stadium too. Oh man! But, yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think. You know what? Is football or not? Let me let me rephrase it. The South runs football. We know this. 
So I don't think I'm going to make a bold statement here. I'm going to say the remaining conferences are going to continue with their full schedule. I'm going to go with that. Based on based on what you just you 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 tickled a, a very interesting brain cell at the top of my noggin um, by bringing up the the matchup that y'all have because it's I mean you're excuse me you're an up and coming football program or coming back out um, from your your previous uh, your previous staycation that you all had at the top of Mount Olympus and you know you were brought down to the bottom and y'all making your ways back to the top that is a huge 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 shift in momentum for y'all to have. Um, Prime time slots, advertising money, recruits. That's the best way for you to increase all that is by beating an SEC team like Ole Miss. So, yeah, yeah, I'll roll with that. I'll roll with that. Yeah, I mean, and the big knock against Baylor, you know, them not having a strong non-conference. This was the first year we played a Power 5 conference team to start the year. Like, so and to have stuff like this happen is just crazy, but – yeah, he was gonna run all over y'all still though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't tell me y'all defense gonna slow that bad down. That's what I got for you, Dane. Stop it. Some help. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, man. Deshaun Jackson. Oh. Is this is this the dumbass uh, segment of the day? Yeah. Uh okay. what sound can I play for this? Uh uh. This one? Nah. You got a soundbite from old dude from uh, that 70s show? The dad? No, I don't, I don't right now. I don't or, have it. Uh, uh, you big dummy from... Um, you get this. Price oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll... I don't even know where to start with Deshaun Jackson. It's, it's ignorant. Let's start there. Let's start there. One of the most ignorant things you could possibly do in the middle of what did he do, Dane? What did he do? Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson uh went I guess it was a uh Instagram post. I wouldn't know, I don't have Instagram, but it's you know, the social media age, everything travels so quickly. It popped up on Twitter and I seen it, I was like, what is this? And I looked at it and it appeared to be some sort of some sort of uh writing basically pitting Jewish people against black people in the words of Hitler. Some words that were credited to Hitler. In short, I'm not even going. Now, I'm not, yeah. not not to cut you off, but just how does that sound like from the listener's point? Like if you heard what Dane just said, like black people getting put against Jewish people with Hitler at the helm, like yeah, and that, Hitler's the author. That is, like that's like right. no. That is not where we're at, man. Like, what is what purpose does this serve? Right. And the particular quote in question wasn't even from Hitler, but it still right. was anti-Semitic, you know, yeah. type thing. And just, so uh, that I don't understand. I don't, I don't I don't understand what he thought he was trying to do. Like in the, in the time, the time in our world right now, like that's not the move to make. Like, nope. for one, you're making a distraction to what's important and what is 
like a movement at this time. Like, <laughs> need this, as many allies as possible. You did just the opposite of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so we're taking a distraction from what's important now with the Black Lives Matter movement with some stuff that was just stupid and out of line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Eagles penalized him. Uh, I guess find him for whatever, and they, chewed, they probably chewed around behind doors too. Yeah, and Julian Edelman apparently reached out to him, and they've talked. He posted on Twitter. He talked to uh, Deshaun about the situation, and they're making progress. Um, Deshaun also talked to a Holocaust survivor about his comments, and apparently learned a uh, perspective, which it's okay. But like, man, you got to realize. <laughs> You yeah for that for one and then the other thing is why did it have to take you to make this comment to get to that point? Right. Let's take out the part where you say something out of line like this and automatically get to the ending where you make a solution or you learn more without having to make that comment. Like if you don't know what the hell you're talking about, shut up. Don't, don't say it. Don't post it online. How about you seek uh, yeah. out? How about you seek out some understanding? Like, hey, check this out. Hey, boom, Deontay. Uh, do you think it would offend anybody if I went on Twitter and said uh, people who have, you know, I don't know, eat pepperoni on the pizza are stupid? Um, I think, I, I think that's not a good idea. That might be offensive, my guy. Now, I'm not saying I'm sitting here to try to compare, you know, apples and oranges here, because obviously, uh, food preference versus, I don't know, making. A horrible use of posting some very questionable literature about an entire group of people and pitting them against another group of people. I don't mean to make those two draw comparisons to the two, but simply by saying it, Google is very free. If you're very concerned or if you have any type of concern about something that you're going to post and the validity of it. You should just seek out Google. And if you're still at a pause, then maybe you should seek out maybe one of the smartest people you know and see how that sounds. Because chances are, if you have pause about it, it's probably not the best thing for you to say. And it probably is very offensive. And that's where I guess it could lead to you educating yourself to prevent yourself from making yourself look like an ass. So, but Deontay, it's Philly and they have a reputation to uphold. And that <laughs> reputation is being the armpit of the NFL. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is what the Eagles said. Came out with a statement. This has been a difficult and emotional week for our community and organization. The Philadelphia Eagles do not tolerate hate towards any individual or group. We believe in respect and equality for all races, ethnicities, and faiths. We, as an organization, want to help be an instrument for positive change. This can only occur through strong, deliberate actions and a commitment to learn and grow. We have had a number of constructive conversations over the last few days, not only with Deshaun Jackson, but also with many other players, members of the organization, and leaders in the community. This has led us to the point where we and he are ready to take the next steps. We have penalized Deshaun for conduct detrimental to the team. He accepted these consequences and apologized in our many conversations with him. It has been made clear that this is only the beginning. We have discussed a concrete plan for how we and he can help or heal moving forward. He understands that in order to remain on the team, he must also commit to supporting his words with actions. I know that was the thing people were talking about, cutting him and all that stuff, which... 
I mean, I, everything in this climate could have happened. Like, mm-hmm. you I, know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it'd be a little yeah. like, oh man, yikes. You don't want to bring up the whole Riley Cooper incident, but at the same right. time, they're, they're two separate instances, both offensive, both dumb, both ignorant. Um, but at the same time, it's like, this is this is where we're at, unfortunately. And t- 2020, people still have to be educated about things like this. So, yeah, they basically mm. end the, the thing by saying we must continue to fight against anti-Semitism and all forms of discrimination while not losing sight of the important battle against systemic racism. And that and that that last quote or that last sentence right there is what I was talking about. Like, this is a distraction for him to come out and say something like this. It's just taking the light off what's important right now in the culture and everything that's going on in the world right now. It's just, it's dumb. And, you know, he said he learned from it and he's taking the steps, but we got to get to the point, Dane. And I know you agree with me on this. Like, let's not take or have an action like this get to a point where you need to learn. Let's take out that part where you say something stupid for you to have to learn, if that makes sense. But, Mm-hmm. And that's a good way. To, I love a good segue, Deontay. Love a good segue because I'm pretty sure you're about to say, and this wasn't even one of the dumbest things that Deshaun Jackson's done. I'm not even going to talk about you know him fumbling right before walking into a touchdown <laughs> or running backwards twenty or thirty yards and on a punt return and fumbling there. We're not going to talk about those two instances, but hopefully, this is the most ignorant and dumb thing that he does in his lifetime. Um, Truly, I really hope it's the I really I really hope it's the last ignorant thing that he does or the most ignorant thing that he does, because that means he learned something from all this. So, yep, yep. couldn't say it better, bro. Uh, one thing we can talk about, though. <laughs> getting paid, getting paid. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> You should have had that.
season ending, career ending injury, you know, and it ends right here. But right now he's the best quarterback in football. Yeah. And the Chiefs are like, we're going to pay you like the best quarterback in football, the best player in football. And so I can honestly say as a Broncos fan, (laughs) damn, (laughs) damn. Damn, damn. So, you know, I'm happy for Mahomes. He's a great guy. And my Broncos are going to have to deal with him for 10 plus years. But I think he deserves it, man. He's proved that he is the best in the league, you know, right now. And why not get paid like it? And so for this contract, Dane, I know we didn't even get to touch on Dak's contract and him signing the franchise uh, <laughs> contract or franchise tag. How do you think this plays on Dak? I'm not, not I'm not saying he's gonna get paid like Dak, but do you think that Dak's looking like that and like, okay, do I want to look for a 10 year deal, something like that? Or what do you think that he's thinking right now? All right, so let me break it down to you like this. And sometime in May, I am on the record of stating the Cowboys would be foolish to allow Patrick Mahomes to be signed before Dak Prescott. Not because Dak Prescott is better than Patrick Mahomes. That's not true. It's nowhere near being anywhere as good as Patrick Mahomes. But the the way that quarterback contracts work is the next guy gets paid the most. It's... Patrick Mahomes just reset the more Patrick Mahomes. I think his, his average goes to about, I think it's what 40, is it $45 million just about, or it's like 37.5 or something like that. It's a little bit. Well, originally it came out and said it was 10 year, 40, 450 mil. Mm-hmm. And then it was another, like the that day it was crazy because the numbers yeah. kept changing. And then towards the end, they said 10 years, 503 million with, um, Dang, it was a term that they use. It's like he's has like several options to to opt out of the con- or they have several options to opt out of the contract after so many years. Yeah. Like it's, it's built like some incentives to- built in and stuff like that. It's supposed to be friendly to where he can, like you said, renegotiate down the line. Okay, but it's it's about four forty five million a year, if okay. not a little more. So, than that. so for the sake of this conversation, we'll say forty five million dollars. Okay, so the. What I what I went on the record to say was Cowboys would be very stupid to wait to sign Dak Prescott or they'd be they'd look very foolish if the Chiefs end up signing Patrick Mahomes before Dak Prescott gets signed, because all that means is his agent is going to be rubbing his hands like Birdman saying, yes, we got him. What we've seen over the course of the last 15, 20 years is each quarterback getting paid more than the last quarterback is just the way that it works. Not paid on, you know, what you can do as a quarterback. You're paid on essentially what the market dictates and the markets reset every time a guy signs. So with that being said, if the Cowboys would have just reached their four year deal with Dak Prescott and the rumors were that it was he was asking for somewhere towards 37, 38 million dollars a year. It was only four years, but the Cowboys wanted five years so that the average would be a little bit lower. Dak wanted four years with the opportunity to re-up his contract, given that the the cap would go up and and that would allot them a little bit more money to flex around. 
And here we are, sitting looking stupid. Him playing on this franchise tag, which means his franchise tag is, I think, it's like $37.5 million. So that's great. However, that's a $37 million cap hit. <laughs> and if he plays on the cap again, it's going to be even higher because that, of course, that average of this franchise tag or the franchise tag, which represents the average of the, the quarterback salaries is going to be even higher. Cause I'm assuming there's going to be even more quarterbacks that are going to be signing between now and the next time he signs another franchise tag. So I am just going on the record to state Cowboys, just like they normally do have proven to the world that they suck in contract negotiations. I'll talk about Deshaun Jackson or not Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I'll talk about, Lamar Jackson, he is going to, it may not necessarily be a half a Billy, but it's going to be up there as well. I wouldn't even be surprised because Baltimore is one of those organizations that really depends on loyalty along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I could see them also giving Lamar Jackson a 10-year deal, nine-year deal, something high like that, Mm -hmm. something nearing that Mahomes range because he's an MVP candidate or former MVP as well, defending MVP. Yep. And if he has another year like he just did this past season, and if he gets – he doesn't have to win the Super Bowl. If he gets nope. the, the Ravens into the Super Bowl, he's going to be cashing out as well. Yep. As far as Deshaun Watson goes, he'll be up there. I'm not going to say he's going to get paid 45 mil, half a billy, but right. – Without Deshaun Watson, that franchise is dumpster juice, as you would say. It's Deshaun Watson and no one else. The coach can go. Everybody can go. But Watson, especially in that division, he's going to have them in the playoffs every single season. Right. Either that or on the cusp of a wild card spot. Right. right. I mean, they added a playoff team in each conference. So, you know, that only increases the possibility of that happening again. And... You know, they got rid of his best target, one of the it's, best, it's receivers, if not the best receiver I, in the NFL, Hopkins. DeAndre, I'm right there with you, bro. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL. And, like, why? Like, if you're getting rid of Hopkins, I mean, you can only – the only way I see you keeping Watson is giving him a nasty – like, when I say nasty, I mean insane contract mm-hmm. for him to you know, so we'll see. Deshaun Watson is going to touch up, you know, in that area, and it's going to be like probably like for the next. And first, let me preface by saying, and Dane, I know you agree with me on this. It is oh, no so we 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 <laughs> we are in a this era of quarterbacks we've never seen before, and yeah. with Mahomes. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Of course, those are brothers. Those are black quarterbacks, but they are elite. They are great quarterbacks. I don't think we've ever seen the these elite black quarterbacks on top of the league. This number, like, you know what I'm saying? This high number of quarterbacks. Yeah. Being at the top, like when you think of the top quarterbacks in the league, if you want to name five of them, three of them are going to be those guys that I name. At least three, maybe yeah. four, maybe all if five. You if you don't have at least 
two or three of these guys in your top fives, then you the way that you're evaluating football is very wrong. Right. Like, am I wrong in that? Like, have you like mm. refreshed my memory? Like, has there ever been a time where we've had this? Like these guys on at top one time in one season at one time. Nope. Right. And, nah. Nope. And so mm-hmm. that's something to appreciate. Like, yeah. They're changing the game, dominating the game. They're about to catch out. They're playing the game the way it's intended to be played. <laughs> yeah. Or like you know how to play, you know, he uh he has that it factor that and you know the one thing that, that all of them have in common they're all multi-sport athletes yeah so parents they're out there or, or just people who eventually more than likely will possibly have children put your kids in multiple sports at a time they'll increase their odds of being a I don't know half a billy paid quarterback maybe you can get that this guy. <laughs> the best thing about that contract is Andy Reid gave him his word that he would, of course, remain the coach. I mean, hopefully that uh, I mean, there's an agreement with the ownership that he will remain the coach throughout the remainder of the contract. That team doesn't have that many holes to fill. So with the Chiefs basically getting the second coming of Brian Westbrook, and the addition of Willie Gay Jr. and and Lucas Niang, uh, the tackle from TCU, they are going to be offensively stronger than they were last year, which is very scary. And defensively, that's more, more than likely where all the holes are, are going to be at. And of course, if they if they should re up the contract with uh, uh, what's the DT's name? Is it uh, uh, Chris, Jones. Chris Jones? Okay, yeah, yeah. So the league for. Excuse me. Anybody that has a tinfoil hat on saying, well, if he gets paid that much, then that means he's not going to be able to build a team around. No, I wouldn't say that. That defense is going to be fine. They're, they're going to put the, the put the people in place where they need to be at. And we're going to see them for a, we're going to see them consistently make the playoffs for a very long time. Unfortunately for you, Deontay, that doesn't uh, that doesn't fare too well. But yeah, I was just going to say my Broncos are trying to keep up. You know, that's why we drafted Jerry Judy, KJ Handler. You know, we're trying to get weapons to – because you're going to have to score points to beat the Chiefs. You're going to have to score at least 31, 35 points to beat them and hope you get some stops on defense. That's the only way you're going to beat them, you know. So, shout-out to Pat Mahomes. Shout-out to Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I just had – like, I just sat here and was thinking, like, man – these guys are on top of their game, black athletes, black quarterbacks, yeah. redefining the game, elite guys doing it their mm-hmm. own way. So big shout out to them for real. In other NFL news, the NFL has banned jersey exchanges in 2020 as the league attempts to play through the coronavirus pandemic, according to a set of protocols distributed to teams Wednesday and obtained Thursday by ESPN. Jersey exchanges have gained in popularity in recent years and their elimination was met with immediate derision from some prominent players on social media. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Richard Sherman tweeted that it was a perfect example of NFL thinking in a nutshell, noting that players (laughs) will engage in a full contact game only to find that it isn't safe to exchange jerseys. Houston, Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson tweeted that it was damn silly. Okay, so oh, NFL's geez. like, bro, 
for 60 minutes, we're going to have y'all sweating on each other, tackling, spitting, blood on each other. <laughs> 60 minutes. But hey, after the game, nah, bro. You, that's social distance yeah, after. A little three minutes of y'all spending exchanging jerseys and high fiving each other. Y'all, y'all, y'all have to cut that out. Because we lose the money from jerseys that y'all exchanging. And I, oh, I mean, uh, we don't want to uh, spread a possible uh, contraction of this uh, COVID. Was it COVID 19? COVID 19. So, yeah, this the NFL proven again why they're the the worst officiated professional sporting league. Like they're so far behind everyone else when it comes to stuff like this. Like yeah. this is stupid. I, there's other things that are mentioned as right. far as the six feet of separation, which I get for media. Yeah. Um, photography reporters, all that stuff. But for the players that have been touching each other for 60 minutes, that part, I don't get. Yeah. Uh, uh. I, I I don't know that maybe they're doing too much at this point, but yeah, they're grasping the straws here. Like these men are literally having car accidents every 13 seconds, literally for, for 60 minutes, every 13 seconds, they're having car accidents. The least, the least you could allow them to do is exchange some jerseys and, and autograph them and, you know, say, Hey man, how's the family doing and keep it moving on national television because you know what that allows for good sportsmanship yeah my question is this what if they still exchange jerseys like they're just gonna get fine right that's all they could do yeah i mean so many people gonna do it what the, i mean i don't know like i guess they could still do it privately but it just takes away from us seeing it on tv you know seeing those moments where the you know previous or former teammates or people who are actually brothers or players are actually brothers or, you know, ex teammates, like that type of stuff. You like to see that after the game, you, it kind of brings it, it brings the game back to this being just a game. These are humans at the end of the day, but you know, it is what it is. I, I ain't going to gripe too much about it. Cause I'm going to come off as negative Nancy or whatever. So let me just chill out. This is our NFL bang segment. Like we're just ripping it up <laughs> right now because this next story <laughs> is <Awesome. yeah. laughs> hit them with the uh, hit them with the definition of escrow real quick. But <laughs> I was gonna ask you to do that. Shoot, oh, I got you. I got you. I came prepared. Okay. Read this paragraph. <laughs> do what you do, man. Do what you do. I'm gonna give you the alley oop. So it says NFL NFL's 35% escrow account bid likely a non-starter, but player pay has to adjust. Tuesday's news that the NFL asked the NFLPA to place 35% of players' pay into escrow in 2020 as a hedge against massive declines in local revenues predictably landed like a poorly reviewed college prospect. No chance of making it. So what's going on, bro? So escrow, boom. So it's a con- it's a contractual arrangement in which a third party receives and disperses money or property for the primary transacting parties. Basically, there's going to be an entity that says, hey, we're going to need to hold on to some of this money. No, 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 I'm not going to spend it. It's just in case we lose a lot of money on the back end, we want to make sure that we're not forking out too much money in the current season. You'll understand, you're multimillionaires, you'll be fine. And it's not at all, you know, I don't know, uh, we're not hypocrites or anything like that because we're most of us are billionaires, so it's not that big of a deal. And even though we're NFL owners that don't have to pay for our stadiums, we should be the ones footing the bill, but we're not. So it should be fine. Right, guys? Cool. 35%. Give me that. So here we see the NFL owners 
being cheap. And instead of being the end all be all like they normally are and being the final voice, they want to take this opportunity to strong arm the NFL PA. Now, nobody could have, I mean, well, no, I lied. Plenty of professionals estimated and had the, what is the best way to put it? Plenty, plenty of professionals, your, your doctors and your, your data guys, there was plenty of projections that were put out with what COVID-19 could do to the United States of America and the world. And a lot of that was taken with a grain of salt. So before the CBA was put into place or the official was it signed, was it back in, it was like March, right? It was like the middle of March CBA was signed. There was plenty, that was at the, I want to say probably the peak of, not the peak, right before the peak of COVID-19 where some sort, some sort of language could have been discussed between both sides to determine what could happen in the case of the NFL losing so much money because we don't have football. But it because it was take it wasn't taken as serious as it was supposed to on the professional level. We seen that. Here we are, and the players are going to be the ones that have to pay the price for it, and that's that's not cool, in my honest opinion. To go along with that, man, you've seen it in like not only the NFL, but they're in the majors, you know, in Major League Baseball. They had their long disagreement, like with the situations like these where games are canceled money is always going to be like the top concern so there's always a battle between the league and its players and like we've seen that a lot the past few months and so there's like a always a struggle to get the advantage right Mm -hmm. and i see drew rosenhaus agent famous agent drew rosenhaus put out a tweet about it he said this is an absurd ask by the nfl if anything, the players deserve a bonus for playing with the added mm-hmm. risk of contracting COVID-19 and potentially passing it on to their families. Like an added health risk. Yeah. And they're trying to take a percentage or a, this much of a percentage from the players. Like we know how much these owners like we know they make in bank, man. Yeah, this right? is not their only investment. This this is just probably one of the, the biggest returns on their investments. This isn't their only one. Many of them, many of them have their foot and hands in in other ventures. So this let's let's not be fooled. This is nothing to do about player safety. This is all about the color green. That is all this is about. And we've been saying that for like every episode, you know, like, why are they pushing on with this with everything going on? You know, it's about the money trying to get what they can get. So, and then and you know what? I forgot all about this, but I'm going to bring it up now. This is about money because if it wasn't about money, why the heck are we trying to put together language and put together the opportunity to get advertisements on the first few rows of, of each seats to ensure that there is no type of contact from fans to enter the stadiums? Like, this is all about money. It's always been about money. It's not about player safety and player health. That's Let's continue to call that out because this is exactly what it is. But I don't know. I honestly don't know how this is going to play out. I hope that it plays out in the players' favor because I would hate to see the love of their, you know, livelihood taken away from them because or a percentage of it taken away from them because of 
owners not thinking this thing through and, and not footing the bill like they're supposed to. So I don't know, G. I can't call it. Like you said earlier, I should have played the money, uh, money, 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 money. But and that the OJ, yeah, yeah. OJ's made the song. money, 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 money. But you sent me a poll, my guy from mm-hmm. Get Up on ESPN. What was that poll about, man? What was it talking about? So the poll was conducted with about 50, no, no, not about, it was 50 NFL executive scouts and players, and they were tasked to rank the top 10 running backs for the upcoming season. They've done this to quarterbacks and they've done this with offensive tackles as well. But the most polarizing position, not polarizing, but probably the position that's lost its value the most over the last five to 10 years, or no, just the last 20 years or so has been the, the, the running back. The most undervalued and, and unappreciated position in all of football. We know that. So it's always interesting to see what NFL people or personnel say about who is the guy. Because we already know who the face of, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, or the quarterback is concerned, the face of the NFL is going to be Patrick Mahomes. But there's never, it's always a, a revolving door of who the the guy is, the best running back in the NFL or the number one running back in the NFL, because it changes. It's Most of the time, it's your league-leading rusher or the guy who does the most or the one who scores the most touchdowns. But that line is being blurred because the success of your most of your NFL teams isn't predicated on the productive the productivity of the running back but it's based on how good your passing game is or how you know elite your defense is or just which team has Patrick Mahomes so <laughs> i thought it was pretty interesting to see the way that this turned out um the top 10 listing i of course my number one running back going into this this new year of course is Saquon Barkley um, I, it's a shame that he has to wear that disgusting, horrible blue uniform. But at the same time, it's a thing of beauty watching him do his thing, uh, carrying the entire team on his back uh, last year, as he's going to have to do this year, too. Um, but of course, as always, it's always a fun thing to see and always a fun thing to argue about um, right. the other nine spots. So, so I thought it was yeah. a, a good point oh, to bring that up. Right. And so for the listeners, the list. That we have it is Saquon Barkley, number one, Christian McCaffrey, two, mm. Zeke at three, mm. Alvin Kamara, four, Derrick Henry, five, Dalvin Cook, six, Nick Chubb, seven, Joe Mixon, eight, Josh Jacobs, nine, and Le'Veon Bell closing it out in the top 10. Um, first glance, what I and I won't say if I agree or disagree right just yet, but I will say. <laughs> Look, man, it's I, our podcast, brother. You can do whatever we want. You can do what you want to do. <laughs> uh, what I do notice in common, at least with the top four out of the five guys, is that they're versatile. Yeah, they can run and they can catch the ball out of the back out of the backfield. You can line them up at receiver with Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, and Alvin Kamara. Derrick Henry, the workhorse. Not so much. Yeah. He literally carried the Titans to the yes. championship last year. So I can see why he's ranked fifth right here. Pay the man. Um, exactly. They they need to fix that because. That team does not go without him. Yeah, exactly. Because you got Ryan Tannehill. No disrespect to Ryan, but <laughs> ain't manager. Shoot, he can be nice. And, All the disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's a nice guy, Dan. You don't want to just throw him under the bus. But Josh Jacobs, I will say at nine. Yeah, that's rich. That's rich. You think he's too high? 
I think it's way too high. In my honest opinion, but this is you, you got the floor right now. I'm gonna let you do your thing. Okay. Do your thing. I would just say because only reason I'm seeing him because he's in our division and yeah. he has you know he had good games against Denver. Um, Le'Veon, remember you used to see Le'Veon in the top five, but he's gotten a little older, lost a step, hasn't really played a lot. He's in a this new year, system, but, new team, new coach that doesn't yeah. like him. So Le'Veon should be higher in my opinion, but that's that's just me. Yeah. Just so what me. what do you think about the list? So. I had some issues with the list. If we're talking about, I guess it just depends on how you define the top 10. Some people define it as the guy who makes the most impact on the game, the guy who can do it all, the guy with the most rush yards, the guy with the most rushing touchdowns, the guy that can, you know, rush and receive. It just depends on how you're doing it. In my opinion, I would put it as a, I would preface it was with, if this running back is not on the team, how successful can our team be type of deal. That's how I would, how important is that particular running back to the team and that uh, in, in no particular order or in a particular order. That's how I would phrase it. I think mine would be like the versatility because mm-hmm. you're in a game where like the passing game is probably more dominant than ever mm-hmm. aside from a few teams, but running back being able to be lined up as a receiver, I think that's vital, but go ahead. Oh, but you brought you brought up a really good point. The passing game. I bet you out of 50, of those 50 NFL guys, I don't think half of them even thought about the the passing game as it pertains to pass blocking. Yeah, good point. One of the most efficient ways to keep your defense on the hills is setting up play action, and one of the best ways to do that is of course faking the handoff to your running back and the running back standing in there, sticking the nose in there hitting the face mask, putting the crown of the helmet in the face mask of a linebacker or, you know, chop blocking a defensive end. Like that is such an underrated part of the game that some of these guys on this list haven't even developed yet. But what I'll say is I'm still going to have Saquon in number one. Number two, more than likely is going to be Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry. Number three, I it's a toss up between Christian McCaffrey and Zeke. The only reason I say that is because Christian McCaffrey, he's he is in the right age of the NFL where his exceptional route running and soft hands are very vital. But at the same time, did you know we we were talking about the full body of work here, or used as you put it, you know, a versatile player. So with that in mind, that's kind of a, a toss up between him and Zeke because Zeke, although might not you know, be the best receiver. Zeke is a godlike pass blocker. Like we've seen, I mean, as a Cowboy fan, I've seen myself just how much he's progressed in and that, you know, in that space in his football career. But anyways, um, where it gets kind of muddy for me is six through 10. I had trouble naming like a running back that could be, in this list, like if I disagree with six through ten, Aaron Jones for me, my boy Philip Lindsay, true, because I was talking about versatility as well. That's he could true. be put in this list, and that's and that's the bad thing, bro. They're they're not like they're it's they're not the face of the NFL anymore, bro. Yeah, that and like like you said, you talk about how you define what a top running back is. It can right. change from person to person, so it's it's always good to have debates like this and see who's the top especially for those that love fantasy football. And yeah. There's always going to be a debate who's the best fantasy running back and all of that. So, so. so you got three, you got, you, you get, let's say you got, uh, 
is your you're doing your fantasy draft right now for your your fantasy team. You have the number one pick. Which of these running backs are you taking first based on their body of work from last season? And or oh yeah, based on the body of work from last season, and I want you to give me your pick on based on their body of work for their entire career. Who is your running back number one? I'm gonna go Saquon. Number one. Um it's it's I'm it's barely, barely over Christian McCaffrey. Barely. I love Christian McCaffrey so much. They put him I, I think because I think they put him on punt return, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was on punt Maybe return. I'm, he, he returned some points. I think that adds a little bit. I'm I'm gonna think in fantasy terms right now, just because you can get he points has for a return touchdown, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking in terms of uh, touches in more spots to get the ball. Gotcha. Yeah. You know they run wildcat with them. I don't know how they're gonna use them this year. They got a whole new offensive system, offensive coordinator Joe Brady from LSU. Matt Rule running the show. I don't know how they're going to use him, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be. <laughs> you could count on Teddy Bridgewater to check that bad boy down. So Christian McCaffrey is going to get at least 216 touches. Yeah, by week eight. So it's it's close. I'm I'm, and that's one of the reasons, Dane. I'm going to pick Saquon mm-hmm. just because I, I'm not sure how Christian's going to be in this offense. The not being able to, um. Everything's still kind of new to him, and with mm-hmm. everything going on with COVID and yeah. all this, it's so much uncertainty. So, Saquon's been in the system before; he knows the quarterback. Daniel Jones is getting better, apparently. He's with his... Cut down them fumbles on turnovers, right? Be fine. So, he'll be an average. Yeah. He'll be so an I'm average game. Saquon, it's, it's it's close. Mm. Now, I, what I thought you were going to ask me is out of this list, pick three that I would run with or, you know, like if I need it. Mm. And I would go Barkley, McCaffrey, and probably Zeke. Mm. I got you. Hmm. Well, to your surprise, my list or my number one guy is not on this list. My number one running back, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Lamar Jackson, he always uses that as a punchline. Is that you know he's just a running back because of people projecting yeah, him being pretty a, good running for a running back. Yeah, yeah exactly. You get the joke. Ah, ah, ah. All right, I'll see myself out. Uh, no, but my number one guy, and I, I should have went first because now it seems like I'm being a copycat. But I'm going with Saquon. Bar- well, no, I already said it first. Ah, you copy over me. Uh, Saquon Barkley. He is going to carry the load of that New York Giants offense. Uh, with a young running or with a young, I guess you can consider his coach young, but the young coach, young quarterback. I think he's going to be the leader of that offense or continue to be the leader of that offense. So my thing, my only ask of Saquon is just take care of himself so he can continue to play 16 games a season. Um, I don't know who I'd pick as my number two and three. I love Zeke to death, but he has some, as far as where the offense is going to be at with, this new coach we got and then where Dak might be at playing essentially on a contract year. I don't know what his touches are going to be like, but I mean, he had a, you know, not too bad year. Um, but I think I might go with a wild card here and see with, Hmm. I'm going with Alvin Kamara as my number two. And then my number three is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. And that's only because we are going to see. This is Drew Brees' last year, right? He's got his T 
TV deal waiting for him after this season. So they're mm-hmm. going to be, or not they, I think Drew is going to be playing some hero ball. He's going to have some things to prove. This is last season. He wants it to be pretty. And with that being said, Alvin is a very pivotal part of that offense. So if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara being the second fantasy football league player, offensive player this year. Yeah. That's a good point, man. So, yeah. And then, of course, three, Zeke's going to do Zeke things. So he going to eat. He going to eat. Oh, he going to eat. He going to eat. He going to eat. Yeah. So in NBA news, man. the first, you know, the NBA is starting, scheduled to start at the end of July. You got players coming into the bubble in Orlando right now. Mm. And there has been a lot of videos from players at the bubble <laughs> about the meals. I don't know if you've seen that, Dane, about what they've been fed. Yeah. 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 Well, J.R. Smith went live on Instagram and was naming very exotic meals. So who knows what's really going on. But a big concern that's come out about the bubble you know, I think we mentioned before that these players are getting these COVID-19 rings mm-hmm. that they're wearing that, you know, it's very advanced. And it's, it is, it is. It's supposed to show symptoms or alert when you're getting symptoms of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with technology like that, that's going towards the players and with everything that's going on in the world right now with, I think I read a story that, the U.S. surpassed 3 million cases of COVID. Um, so it's kind of been some back and forth about, you know, these players getting all these testing priority things when stuff is going on in the world. And so I have this article from NBC Sports, and it says, COVID testing priority, a potential issue for NBA. With teams making their way into the Orlando bubble this week, the NBA is surely crossing his fingers or perhaps even looking for some divine assistance. Mm -hmm. Months of planning have led to this moment. All 22 teams have successfully arrived in Orlando. The early arrivers have started practicing and the others hope to follow shortly. Inter-squad scrimmages are said to begin in less than two weeks. So one of the main questions being asked is, is the NBA being prioritized over the general population in a time of crisis. Yes. The entire NBA operation sits on a foundation of daily testing and then processing results of those tests quickly. Early in the pandemic, the NBA was concerned about having enough tests to administer that daily regimen. While supply issues appear to have been resolved, processing those tests is not quite as simple. Unlike MLB, so far teams have not seen significant delays or problems receiving test results, according to sources that spoke with NBC Sports. So basically, it goes on to, you know, there's some questions about NBA players receiving all this testing daily, but there are people in the world right now, in our country specifically, that don't have access to testing like this or have to wait overnight, hours, days to get testing and so Dane how do you feel about that I heard you say yes to the question I asked in this article which says is the NBA being prioritized over the general population in a time of crisis yeah we're talking about a multi-billion dollar entity yes they are being prioritized unfortunately as a sports fan it pains me to say this I mean I'm a human fan first but as a sports fan it's a it's it makes you cringe a little bit 
you know, we have shortages here and there with testing. And then we have some individuals who can't even be tested because of, you know, not being able to take off work or not being able to to get to a, a testing center or just the struggle of not being their their cuff the insurance coverage or lack thereof doesn't offer them the opportunity to be tested. So you have a number of hoops that people have to jump through to even get to just the test. We're talking about just the testing here. And then here the NBA comes. I don't know who designed it or who what powers it be that these NFL owners or NFL or NBA owners and NBA personnel have access to that gets them to I'm assuming these rings are quite the pretty penny. I'm, I'm not sure what the price tag looks like, but for them to have access to them, it you know it does look a little hypocritical, um, given that we we'll, we do have state officials that are hospitalized and state officials that are quarantining themselves. But at what point do we draw the line? At what point does America? United States of America draw the line and say, you know what, we might be doing a little bit too much. And uh, we've seen it so many times throughout the last few months of sports overextending themselves in the name of sports and capitalism. So I don't know, Jay. Right. And yeah, that that last part is what I was going to say. What you always seem to mention, which makes sense, is it's all about the dollar bill. It's always. And for them to be able to put on this product for the consumer. Yeah. Unfortunately, things like this are going to have to be prioritized. It's wrong in a sense because you have people out here struggling, like I mentioned, to get testing done. You got three million cases. U.S. is leading in in, for coronavirus. You got cases in Texas, Florida, Arizona surging more or higher, should I say, every day and just situations like this is sad because uh, it's sad, but it's reality in the sense that capitalism, man. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and I've, my bad, I mean to cut you off. I'm not trying to say that my life is as important as, you know, starting point guard for the, you know, I don't know, Orlando Magic or anything like that, but I don't bring in, my job title doesn't expect, or my boss doesn't expect me to help bring in billions of dollars worth of revenue each season. So, of course, you know, in comparison to those guys, you know, my occupation isn't that important if we're looking at it, you know, from apples to apples. But at the same time, it's just like, what can what can we say or do? This the damage has already been done with them, you know, making the right deals with whatever pharmaceutical engineering entity created these rings that they have. And then of course the testing process that they're going to go through, which seems very tiring, how often they have to be tested. And of course the quick turnaround for the results to ensure that there isn't any type of spread of uh, a positive case. So I don't know, G, but it, in 10 years, we're going to look back at this Lord willing in 10 years, we're going to look back at this and be like, damn, the United States of America really dropped the ball. And it was all because of the love of sports type of deal. That's one of the things we'll have to think about, in all honesty. With everything with the cases rising, Mm -hmm. we'll say it again on this episode, like we do every episode since the pandemic started. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Do everything you can to bring down this 
curve. Yeah. If you want Flat horseback, if you enjoy sports, do your part so you can see sports on TV in a month, two months, three months, and forever after that. Um, do what you can, man. And if you don't want to do your part, Just stay, at, stay home. at home. You have a choice. Make the right choice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying. And that's all we got. So, for our put on segment, Dane, I'm gonna do it a little different. Uh-oh, Usually, I play Young Jeezy. Oh, this is a different song. I think I know a song you're gonna play too. Yeah. Go ahead, hit it. <laughs> hit it. Happy to Happy It was like a minute before it got to the hook. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh happy birthday to my dad. It's the big six old man. Appreciate you so much more than you know. And you know, I know you're gonna have an amazing day. Whenever you hear this, like I said, I know you're a few episodes behind, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whenever you hear this, happy birthday. I've talked to you already on the phone, of course. <laughs> well, that's the most Mr. Epstein I've ever seen in my life. I know you're yeah. a few, ep- no, few episodes funny, behind. Um, yeah. yeah, my mom told me, or no, he told me, yeah, I heard the last episode, but he was literally like an episode behind. My mom had to tell him. So, yeah, oh, happy birthday God. to my dad, to the listeners that actually know my dad and the people that have already reached out to him, you know, he appreciates it. Uh, I showed him the messages from earlier on social media and he really appreciates it. So happy birthday, man. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Mr. Epps, man. Shout out to you, Mr. Epps. You've been a great, 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 great role model, not only for myself, but just, you know, many of the other uh, friends and family that Deontay has and always been a beacon of light, um, positivity, uh, faith and integrity. So we appreciate you for being born. Make sure you have a good day. And I still ain't going to forget the fact that you left us and you went to go be a <laughs> Carolina Panthers fan that season, that season that Cam won the MVP. I ain't forget. You was giving me all your little paraphernalia. I got that picture. Yeah. I got that picture. Yeah, the Panthers had yeah. Panthers tank, blue shoes. Uh-huh. He left, like he, like he left, left. He left, left. That's so funny. It was too funny. I still got the uh, the little wine glass he gave me too with the Dallas Cowboys logo. I'm keeping them up too. But shout out to you, Mr. Epps. Um, appreciate you, man. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday, Mr. Epps. Yes, sir. With that, we'll bring this thing to a close. Remember, we are on social media at DF's Right Steps and Dane is at Dane BTX. Also on Instagram and Twitter at Duo SNS Podcast. Yes, sir. And we also have our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. And we've also added, I think I mentioned this on the last episode. If you want to donate to your boys, we got a PayPal on there. We have Cash App on there. We have Venmo. So donations are welcome. You don't have to, of course, but it's always appreciated. For sure. Dane, my brother, episode 20 in the books, man. Man. Uh, started in November. What's that? Seven, Seven months? months ago? Six, Six months? I can't count. No, wait, eight. Wait. Eight months. <laughs> eight months in this thing. Almost 
we're four months away from a year. Oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, like I always tell you, bro, it's it's definitely been a fun journey to oh, heck yeah. go on with you, man. Only wish for better, you know, better times and better things to come. That's all I can say for sure. For sure, man. Appreciate you, man. Again, uh, appreciate you for everything, man. Just, uh, just like finally us getting to do this because we talked about it for so long and then so you know what? Let's go ahead and get do the dang thing from the actual show, the title, the intro, the themes, the website, like the man of many talents, Deontay Epps, and the work that we put into this podcast is going to be long lasting and we're going to appreciate this in the long run. So I appreciate it for one. Shout out to you. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> and on that note, that the perfect time to use that. on that note, get out of here, man. What <laughs> thing, yeah, before you go, always want to close it. We want to say, uh, rest in peace, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, Elijah McClain. The fight continues, the fight will never stop. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And we out here.